Welcome to Democracy in Action, a show from the League of Women Voters of Broward County, where we bring you the stories of everyday people who are making democracy work. This week on Democracy in Action, I speak with Nakia Ruffin. She's a government attorney, a lover of Greek food, and an amendment for voting rights restoration advocate. In this interview, we discuss her secret to getting any politician to talk to you, what she really thinks about former presidential candidate Ross Perot, and she explains to us what democracy in action means to her. Please welcome Nakia Ruffin. Thank you for agreeing to do this interview, Nakia. Oh, thank you. Nakia, what was your first political action or memory of being political as an American? I think the first time I decided to get proactive, something that I decided to do, um, that would have been probably going to attend a rally for Ross Perot when I was in college at the University of Florida. And Ross Perot was very interesting to me um, when I listened to, you know, the TV and what commentators had to say in the news, he mm-hmm. sounded very um, different and very interesting. And, it, and he wasn't a Republican, he wasn't a Democrat, he was running as an independent. Mm-hmm. And it was very, very interesting to me that after I had a, an opinion of him based on the TV, and then when I actually went and attended a rally in person, how much my perception changed. And that was my first real thing that I recalled doing that was political and trying to determine who I was going to vote for in a presidential election. Okay. So you said your perception changed. Like how, how did your perception change after you, after you went to this rally and you heard him speak and all of that? Well, when I first heard him speak, um, when I first, excuse me, when I first heard about him on TV and heard him on TV, I was like, I am voting for this man. He is different. This is amazing. And then when I went in person and heard his policies, I came out of there going, oh, no, I'm not voting for you anymore, sir. That, that, this is a done deal. I'm so glad I went to this. Even though it was packed full, it was the stadium. I'm so glad I went. Completely changed my mind listening to him speak in person. And it was just a rally. It was just him. He didn't even have an opponent. It was just, I, I think he was up on the stage and maybe there were some people, I can't remember the format of it, but the way in which he answered the questions actually changed my vote. <laughs> cool. Um, so just tell me a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, stuff like that. Tell the audience about yourself. <laughs> All right. I'm a proud Floridian. I am from Fort Pierce, Florida. I am my job. I am an attorney. I'm a mom. That's great. Cool. You told me about yourself. You're a mom. You're a you're a lawyer. You're an attorney. You're from Fort Pierce, Florida. Tell me about that. Tell me about growing up in Fort Pierce, Florida. Fort Pierce, yes. Fort Pierce, Pierce. yes. I'm yes, sorry. I don't want to confuse you. Everyone thinks it's Fort Myers, but it's, no, I'm East Coast. That's West Coast. Gotcha. Um, okay, cool. So uh, being raised in Fort Pierce for me, I was really exposed to a lot of different concepts and different people, which actually was great. It really got me prepared for living in South Florida and and going anywhere. I had one of my friends in elementary school, her, she was Greek, I don't know, half Greek, I believe. And her mother was from Greece. She didn't speak a lot of English, but she could cook. I was exposed to Greek food early on. Um, you know, the school where I attended, we went to um, 
growing up, I was exposed to different people and different cultures. And as a matter of fact, the elementary school I went to, we either celebrated everybody's holidays from different from the different countries they were from, or we didn't get to celebrate anything. So it was very multicultural. You, you would say it was a multi. Yeah, so I went to a multicultural um, elementary school. So the end result of that is that I'm very comfortable everywhere, which I think is very helpful when you're moving from when you're coming from anywhere else other than South Florida and then moving to South Florida because it's a mm-hmm. different culture in South Florida than the rest of the state. So, and but I adapted and I thought it was very interesting and I dove right in. So many different cultures down here that I would not have not, had not been exposed to. So I loved it. Cool. All right. So what made you want to get involved with the League of Women Voters and specifically the League of Women Voters abroad county? What, what drew you to the organization? A few years back, there was a lawsuit that I was happening, I was following and it had to deal with gerrymandering. Um, the League of Women Voters sued um, the governor, and they actually won. I was like, "Who is the League of Women Voters of Florida? Who are who? What what is this?" Mm-hmm. So I actually started following um, the League of Women Voters of Broward County on Facebook, and then during that time, there was you know they were starting to gather petitions for Amendment Four, excuse me, Restoration of Rights mm-hmm. for. Um, felons and I sent a little note on Facebook and I started getting involved because I really and truly believe that the league really does democracy's work. It is really trying to be here and informing the voters and getting people to be involved in the democratic process. So I have so much respect for what they do that I, I had to get involved. Yeah, absolutely. Because I know that's kind of what drew me to the league as well. I thought that they were actually doing the work and they're a nonpartisan organization. So I really was attracted to that, that they weren't a political party or trying to influence me to do something. Right. So that's that's one of the benefits of being a part of the league, you know. Absolutely. Me too, especially absolutely. with the way how I started out with trying to figure out the difference between Democrat and Republican. I, I really <laughs> yeah. nonpartisan. Absolutely. Okay. So can you tell me about some of the projects you've worked on with the League of Women Voters and some stuff that you're working on now? Okay. So I've helped gather petitions for the Amendment 4, and then I've gotten involved in various different committees just to see what was a good fit for me. Um, Like most people, I'm busy, so I'm trying to fit in volunteer work where I can um, between you know, work life and home life, <laughs> you know, so, we all yeah. that balance in there, but still doing something to be a part of the community, right? And to be in the community. So I've, I've um, volunteered here and there for various committees, but what I'm on now, I'm co-chairing with you, Ms. Janelle, is a uh, youth engagement yeah. committee. It has been an honor to serve with you. And we, this podcast right here that, you know, you're doing, I guess, you know, you're interviewing me for, which, you know, is part of our work and our contribution to informing and engaging, you know, people and voters and citizens and Mm -hmm. everybody who wants to know a little something 
about how democracy is and how it's supposed to work. Absolutely. And it's been a privilege to serve with you too. I definitely couldn't have done it without your support, your help, and absolutely. Why do you think it's important to vote? Why, why should someone vote if they're kind of on the fence, if they think their vote doesn't really matter because it's, you know, millions of people, right? They're one person. Why do you think they should vote? The way how this country is set up, if a person does not vote, then their voice cannot be heard, right? If you want your voice to be heard, you need to vote. For example, if you, you know, want to say in what most people know about as a presidential race, right? You can vote for that. But even, you know, locally, you have the governor's race. You have underneath that, you know, the different certain cabinets we can vote for under that or certain secretaries, whatever. And also even your mayor, your commissioners, your school board, your water district, your com- your city commissioners, your, you know, whomever, you know, those people actually affect your daily life and you want to be able to have a say. Mm-hmm. You want to be able to have a say. I-, I feel this way about it. If only a small group of whoever, whether it's Republicans or Democrats or Green Party, right, if they have the numbers, they vote whatever party, yellow party, let's just not even use them. Let's use pink and yellow parties, right? If the pink party has a million voters and the yellow party has a million voters, but 50 of the pink people, 50 people in the pink party vote, and then you have a hundred people in the yellow party vote, Mm -hmm. whose people are going to get elected? Well, the person with the most votes, right? That's how it works. The person with the most votes. And, you know, it's very interesting to me the arguments people have. My vote doesn't matter. It doesn't count. If that is true, then why do they go through such length to suppress your vote? If that is true, it's not true. It is a fallacy. It is a complete fallacy. If you, your vote is you saying, this is what I want. Kind of like if you go to a car dealership, right? (laughs) If you go to a car dealership and you say, I want to get this. They're like, I only have X amount of money. Mm -hmm. They're going to be like, you don't have, you don't have enough money for that. Well, voting is not like that. It doesn't matter if you're rich or you're poor or anything like that. It just matters if you vote. That is all it is. You just need to vote. Okay. I'm sorry to get passionate because I... Yeah, no, it's it's great. I I love that. I love drawing that order because just on a side you kind of mentioned it like even with the other political parties right but america wasn't founded with political parties making up the electorate like that and even now like even though you have the two major parties the fastest growing the largest group is nonpartisan. so it's like you really right. do have to fight for that person's vote regardless of political party that they you know pledge allegiance to or whatever you know so right that's just something to keep in mind. I thought I'd mention. All right. So what are some of the biggest challenges in the work that you do with the league? What do you find is like a major challenge? Well, with the youth engagement committee, it's really trying to determine what it is that we need to do to really get people to come in. I think that what we do, we have an interesting um challenge because students are so busy. I have my work life and my home life. Students typically have school, work life, and home life. They got a whole lot going on. So it's very, I think, difficult to fit it in when you're so stressed about those three different areas of life. But hopefully this podcast will make it easier because most people listen to podcasts. Well, it's it's a fast-growing medium. I find that just on a side, like, I've spoken to people and they have no idea what a podcast is. But then, really? as far, yeah, yeah, like, I spoke to someone, they're like, 
oh that app on my phone i didn't know what that was i was like oh wow because so there is still people that don't know but i still oh. think it's, it's like a growing i don't know i just like podcasting as a platform i feel like it's just a, a, a good way to get information instead of having to sit down and read something or like right. to watch a video because you have to be engaged to do that but with the right. audio you can just sit down and listen and right. you can be working on something else at the same time. What's one myth about politics or public policy that you'd want everyone to know? Your vote counts. I'm sorry. I do, do yeah, I yeah. I know. No, we mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Um, well, that's the biggest one to me. It is to know that politicians will listen to you. I mean, that's another one that's out there that your my vote doesn't count and those people won't talk to me anyways. And it's very interesting. My question normally is, have you reached out to them i when i've reached out to politicians you know for whatever issues you know whether it be local or state or federal someone picks up the phone or you can email and they do respond so if you yeah most people well i I hear it you know they don't you know they don't know i exist well you email them and they call you you call them they will know because they do take it's so funny like just just on that side i remember i i forget what website it was but it was like some website where they were talking about student debt and they wanted you to reach out to your like your 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 member of congress right so they had Mm -hmm. like a tool where they would send like you say you want to reach out to your member of congress you just tell them where you live and they would like send a letter for you to that person oh yeah so like three months after i got this like actual mail saying that they received my message and i was like why are they sending me this and i remembered oh i pressed that button on that random website for them to send to my member of congress so it was so funny i was like wow i didn't know they would have followed up like this you know mm-hmm. it did seem kind of generic let's be honest he probably didn't read it but they have teams they have people that it's their job to kind of you know talk to the people and see what's going on so i mean they might not do anything but they might so you never know but it'll so. be put on their little list like oh my gosh yeah. we got we got thousands of people emailing about this this is a this exactly. is something we need to take care of and look into or have some sort of real response to it right as yeah. opposed to not not saying anything and going there well y'all not saying anything is not a problem yeah exactly all right so all right so which person would you say has had the most impact on your political views i would say that would be um outside of you know my mom and family it would be um charles hamilton houston there's this quote from him he was an attorney about 100 years ago more a little bit more maybe mm-hmm. 118 what year is this 18 2020 well charles hamilton houston has a quote where he says an attorney is either a social engineer or a parasite upon society and that's something that has stuck in my mind for over 20 no i don't know when i first saw it I'll okay. say probably 20 some odd years yeah yeah he was a civil rights attorney right i'd, I'd look him up yeah pretty mm-hmm. pretty up there he seemed pretty pretty um impressive to me you know yeah dread scott yeah the dread scott decision and um okay and a mentor to our first black supreme court justice thurgood marshall yeah he is all right so we're gonna wrap this up so this podcast is called democracy in action so what does that mean to you democracy in action to me means participating in the process mm-hmm. and there's multiple ways to participate in the process first and foremost vote two educate yourself mm-hmm. educate others have real discussions with people with opposing viewpoints respectful discussion yep. and just to know that your vote does count awesome all right thanks for speaking with me nakia thank you janelle
Thanks for listening to the Democracy in Action podcast. For more information about the League of Women Voters of Broward County, you can visit our website at lwvbroward.org.